I didn't want to get up in front of a room full of women and know that I was sitting up there as a fraud, as someone who wasn't getting paid for this. You're listening to Financial Grown-Up with me, certified financial planner, Bobby Rebel, author of How to Be a Financial Grown-Up. And you know what? Being a grown-up is really hard, especially when it comes to money. But it's okay. We're going to get there together. I'm going to bring you one money story from a financial grown-up, one lesson, and then my take on how you can make it your own. We got this. Hey friends, this episode is about saying no when you are not valued. And by being valued, I mean being paid. My guest is Lauren Smith Brody. She is the author of the bestseller, The Fifth Trimester, The Working Mom's Guide to Style, Sanity, and Big Success After Baby, which just came out in paperback. Lauren is also the founder of The Fifth Trimester Consulting Business, which helps parents and businesses create a more family-friendly workplace culture. Lauren is also the former executive editor of Glamour Magazine, and you've seen her all over the media, including Good Morning America and CNN. Here is Lauren Smith Brody. Lauren Smith Brody, you are a financial grown up. Welcome to the program. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Bobby. We'll talk more about this later, but your book, The Fifth Trimester, is out in paperback this week. So, congratulations on that. Thank you. It's been a fun year. And you've been building the fifth trimester into a whole consulting business, which brings us to the story that you were going to share because it has to do with basically running your business and how that's evolved. I have learned so many financials this past year since the hardback launched last spring. I can't even tell you. So the story that I wanted to share is about the first big thing I turned down. So this whole year has been about building as an entrepreneur my own business and really having to put a price tag on my time and on what exposure is actually worth to me and what things I'm kind of willing to do for free for the good of the community and the good of my business and what things are really, I I must be paid for. So anyway, I had a a big bank, like think of the biggest name bank you could possibly think of. I have a definite name in my head, but okay, go on. (laughs) I'm not going to say it, but who came to me this week and it was through someone else. So it wasn't actually totally direct, but the conversation got a little muddled along the way. And it turned out that they didn't want to pay me to do a presentation. They wanted me to do a presentation, didn't want me to pay them. And I'm thinking... Literally free, not a low pay, just free. Literally free. And so then it was like, well, maybe they would buy a big quantity of books to give to all of their employees, which at least is, you know, sort of makes my soul feel a little better about the situation. And all I want to do is take a big screenshot of their logo, turn it gray, put it on my website and say, I spoke here. It's huge. It's worth so much to me. Except then I found out that actually the event was a client event. They were trying to woo new business, and I was basically going to be the hired entertainment, and they weren't going to pay me for it. No, they probably would pay the caterer, right? Uh, Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, I'm sure the food would have been really nice. (laughs) I wouldn't have eaten because I would have been speaking. Anyway, I don't mean to sound bitter. I'm actually not bitter. It made me feel so good to say no to this because it's, it's the bravest I've been about saying no to something. It could have been valuable for me to have that exposure, but actually... I didn't want to get up in front of a room full of women, it was, it was going to be women, and talk about things like the pay gap, pay parity, the motherhood penalty, and know that I was sitting up there as a fraud, as someone who wasn't getting paid for this. So it felt good to make that decision. And then the big PS is that the very next day, I got two more offers from other big corporations that want me to come and speak. I turned them right over to my speaking agent. She's negotiating it, and I think that's going to go well. And they will pay you. And they will pay me because I feel confident enough that if I can say no to mm, X bank, then 
I can probably say yes to a lot of other really good things. So what is the lesson? I mean, I feel like there's a lot of pressure, especially on moms, to volunteer, Because so many moms are so qualified, they're organized, they have their act together, and yet they may not be working to maximize their income in certain years. So there's an expectation, well, you have the time, you should volunteer. Right. I mean, and that's really what that was, is you you would have been a volunteer for this for-profit event. Right. And you know what I love even more than my business is I love my children, and I love their school, and I love all the things that I can do for that community to foster that community for them. And so what I really learned, I worked in corporate America for many, many, many years in publishing. I worked at Condé Nast. And then, so this is my first venture working for myself. And so this is the first time when I've had the freedom to do a lot of this volunteer work. And I do squeeze it in, you know, in the middle of the day, and then I'll end up doing a lot of my work work in the evenings. And so after saying yes to the umpteenth thing that I really did enjoy, I found that I had to kind of, in my head, put a price tag on my time, which sounds a little crass, but it's only in my head. I'm not sharing it with anybody else, but it's, it's, I need to put a price tag on what is an hour of my volunteer time worth? It is, you know, what sort of satisfaction does it give me? You know, is it worth X dollars of my day to miss this much work to be able to enjoy this much, you know, pleasure? Is it something that I'm doing with my kids? Is it something that will directly benefit them? Or is it more of a sort of like status thing in the school, which is worth less to me, frankly, because it just doesn't feel genuine. (laughs) But sometimes we feel obligated. Yes, we do feel obligated. And that's, it's okay. Like, you know, when you're part of a community, you do have an obligation sometimes to be a part of it. But it's helped me if I, I put a dollar amount on an hour of my time, both for work and for volunteering. And that has made me make a lot of decisions a lot more clearly and easily about whether I say yes or no to things. I want you to share a personal money tip. And I know the one that you've brought has to do with being an entrepreneur and things that you have learned in terms of what you want to do yourself and what you outsource and and how to do that, how to decide. Yes, there are so many mothers who are very, very, very good at outsourcing absolutely everything that is not something they're you know, naturally good at. That's not me. I'm one of these people who would rather just do it all myself. Well, there's diminishing returns very often on that. And it comes back to what is an hour of my time worth. So when I was putting together my website, you know, thank God there's Squarespace and there's actually things that make it sort of intuitive and easier, but I had never done that before. I'm not even joking. This is embarrassing to admit in a podcast. I had never made my own PowerPoint. I always had a staff of designers and assistants. I would tell them what to write and do, and they would animate me this gorgeous PowerPoint. Well, those are two things I actually decided to do myself because I knew that in doing them, I would gain the confidence I needed to do a lot of other things. I had a little bit of a chip on my shoulder about having worked in print magazines and not so much in digital. Now I feel, you know, I've built a website, I've built an online community, I have built a social network. I feel very digitally savvy, and I've grown that all myself. And that started with actually spending three days struggling through Squarespace, trying to figure out how to size pictures and how to line things up and how to communicate to an audience really more than anything. So that was really valuable to me. On the other hand, you know, what I did spend my money on was, was trademarking my company name, the fifth trimester, which ended up has been, I'm so grateful. There have been probably a dozen moments over the last dozen months when I have been so glad that I own that trademark. It is now something I can license. It is actually worth something to me. I actually expanded the trademark to um, several other categories a few months ago so that if I want to claim it in many other ways, I can, And that is definitely something I couldn't have done myself. I actually initially signed on for one of those online legal websites, and I realized I didn't know what I was doing, and I ended up hiring a real lawyer to really do it for me. 
Yes, I actually did the same thing with Financial Grown Up, and it gives me a lot of security because I knew when I went to do the podcast, I had the audio rights to it, and I wouldn't have a problem. So I think that legal money, when you're not a lawyer, is definitely money well spent. You want to be protected because you're building this business. So for entrepreneurs, spend money on the right things. So speaking of the fifth trimester, so as I mentioned at the beginning, it's paperback week. Congratulations. Yay, this is a, this has been quite a journey. So for first of all, it's been a bestseller. I love seeing it on the shelf in Barnes & Noble in my neighborhood, which is really nice. It's usually in a beautiful display because people love oh, this book. You. It's really resonated with so many people. I wish it was there when I had my son 10 years ago because I would have felt so much better having a guide going back to work. It is the book I needed. It is. It's the resource I needed. When I was pregnant, during my first three trimesters, of course, I had, you know, I had baby center to tell me when my fetus was the size of a kumquat and when he was the size of a cucumber <laughs> and when he was ready to be born. And then I learned about something called the fourth trimester, which was the newborn phase, because the idea is that human babies are actually born a whole trimester too early. To, so to soothe the newborn, you recreate the feeling of the womb. Right. We swaddle. Yes, we swaddle. Exactly. We swaddle, we shush, we swing, all of those S verbs. It's the Harvey Karp idea. And then when I got back to work, all that support sort of fell off. And I have to tell you, I was working in a fairly supportive industry surrounded by women who were very comfortable talking about things like breastfeeding. I had a supportive spouse. We had enough money in the bank that I could take a few weeks of my leave unpaid. I did have to be back after 12 weeks, which to me was not quite enough, but it's what I needed to, to maintain my job. And yet still, I just felt like there was nothing out there to support me. So I ended up years later, I had the idea that this was a transition that I had gotten through essentially another trimester. This one was for the working mom. And I had colleagues who said to me, younger colleagues who weren't in this phase of life yet, who said, thank you for being so honest and transparent about what's hard here. Because, and I thought, oh gosh, have I been unprofessional? <laughs> and they were like, they went on to say, you know, because you've shown me I can do it one day too. You've shown me that it's hard and that I will still get through it and it will be okay. And that was really a eureka moment for me when I realized that my next goal in the next phase of my career was going to be to support new parents in this transition back to work. And it's so more than I, a book now. It is. Yes, it's a movement. So for the book, I interviewed hundreds and hundreds of, of new working moms to figure out what worked for them. And they become this sort of working, collective working mom mentor for anybody going through it. But what I found is that in speaking, I go into companies and I help them make not just better policies, but actually better culture so that even if they have good policies, a lot of these especially the big tech companies, the big law firms, people feel like they can't use what's available to them. This actually lets them change the culture, lets them use what's there, sort of equalizes things between moms and dads and people who don't have children and may never have children to make things fair for really anyone with a personal life in the workplace. Uh, so I've been in, I'm going into uh, Google next week. I'm going to Amex. I've been to Facebook. I've done a ton of big law firms. It has been so fulfilling. And the room is full of not just new moms or expectant moms, but also the managers who really want to support them. And that is we are in a groundswell movement for women's rights in the workplace. And it has been a good moment to be here. Well, we are lucky to have you leading the charge there. Tell us where people can find you. Oh, absolutely. So I'm all over Instagram too much. It's at I love your Instagram. Oh, thank you. I'm, I'm having so much fun with stories and the new font. And again, like that's because I made my own website that I feel confident doing that. Uh, and then on Facebook, it is the fifth trimester. And on Twitter, I'm at Lauren S. Brody, Lauren Smith Brody, Lauren S. Brody. Here's my take on what Lauren had to say. First of all, financial grown-up tip number one, are you a business or an expensive hobby? You cannot be afraid to say no to something if it does not benefit your business if you are running a business. In some cases, you may say, you know what? I do want that logo on my website. I don't like the deal, but 
the logo on my website does present enough value to me that this time I am going to say yes. That's okay. But realize you have set a low and frankly unsustainable price point. You will never make a profit if you don't get paid. And there will come a time when you have to say no to free, or like I said, you just have an expensive hobby. If a for-profit company is running a marketing event to bring in clients to benefit their business, and they don't have a budget for speakers, it is because they made a choice when they created that budget. It's just not something that they value. So think, are these people that you want to be in business with? And will you feel good about being there? Financial grown-up tip number two. Lauren also talked about trademarking. If you are investing your time in a new venture, make sure you protect it. And frankly, make sure you're not violating someone else's trademark. This is serious stuff. If you are not a lawyer, and I should say a lawyer that specializes in this, get a pro. Get the right lawyer for this. Don't mess around. The last thing you want is to devote your limited time and resources to something only to have someone swoop in and benefit from the brand value that you have created. All right. Thank you all for all of your support and feedback. I truly appreciate everyone who has subscribed, rated, and reviewed the podcast. And if you're listening and you haven't subscribed yet, it's free. Hit that subscribe button. Of course, please follow me on social media at Bobby Rebel on Twitter and at Bobby Rebel one on Instagram and go to my website, sign up for my newsletter so I can keep you posted on everything going on with the show and other projects. I hope you enjoyed Lauren's story and that we all got one step closer to being financial grownups. Financial Grown Up with Bobby Rebel is edited and produced by Steve Stewart and is a BRK Media production.